This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God. Boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase. Proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 56 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. Excited to be diving into this study in Job. Um, And in the last episode, I kind of gave it a preliminary title of Considering Job. Um, And I think that might actually be the name of this series because I like the ring to it as, um, as God says in this book a couple times early on, consider my servant Job to Satan. And that's kind of what we are doing now as we take a look at this book of Job and at the character and person of Job. And considering what there is for us here and what we can draw from his life in this story um, and what we can learn about our God and Jesus. So, um, last time I talked a little bit about just kind of some preliminary things, the name of Job, uh, some things I was excited about. Um, And today I wanted to start in the end. I kind of talked a little bit about the opening, um, almost thesis statement, if you will, of Job, where it talks about um, Job being a man who is blameless and upright and who fears God and shuns evil. Um, And now we're going to look at what happens at the end of this chapter. chapter. So in a relatively uh, short span of time from the beginning of the chapter to the end, we see um, this little story about Job, his wealth, um, who he is in the land, what he possesses and his children um, and the prestige he has being the greatest in all the East is what it says. Um, and to being probably the most despised and destitute of the East in a very short period of time. Um, and I want to look at the ending of this chapter, uh, particularly verses 20 to 22. Um, this is after Satan has, um, the Lord has this uh, meeting in heaven where the sons of God are gathered around and Satan uh, comes and God makes this point of Job and and blesses him even just by bringing him up by saying this is a man who... uh, who fears God and shuns evil and he is upright and there is none like him on all the earth. Only if to have the Lord say that about you would be pretty incredible. Um, and Satan, and I was listening to a commentary on this, uh, and it just brought my attention. I knew this before, but, um, I just came to my attention again and I didn't think about it in the beginning. Uh, the name Satan or in, uh, I believe in, how the Hebrews pronounce it is Satan. Uh, it means accuser. And so the accuser is in this meeting with the sons of God. Um, and so it's very, it's a, just a different way of, um, as you're reading Satan in this, in this book, um, of, of reading it as accuser, because that's what the Hebrews would have been saying in this name, Satan. It's the accuser. Um, so the accuser answered the Lord and said, does Job God fear God? Does Job fear God for nothing? And there's this accusation that's made um, and a challenge brought before the Lord, um, kind of like a lawyer would debate something. Um, Here God makes this statement that is true because God can only speak a true statement, that there is 
none like Job in all the earth. And Satan comes to condemn that and to uh, reject it and says, does Job fear God for nothing? And then he begins to lay out this um, challenge. Uh, He says in verse 10 of chapter 1, Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Uh, A little quick note in that verse 12. um, It says, uh, Behold, you can, basically, he tells, the Lord tells Satan, You have power over everything except for the bodily person of Job. You cannot touch his body, but you can touch all that he has. Um, and so Satan was kept from, from, uh, hurting Job in a way, uh, a physical way to his own personal body. Not necessarily he did hurt Job in the sense of, um, his wealth and his possessions and emotionally, uh, through the death of his children here. Cause the, because then Satan goes about on this campaign and in a matter of, not very long, and it makes it seem like five minutes uh, in this passage. Uh, his his camels and his sheep are destroyed, fire from heaven, um, raids by the, the Sabians and the Chaldeans um, come and take his camels and um, his servants, and they kill them. And, and then there's this great wind that comes from across the plains and strikes uh, the house that his children are feasting in, and they all... And they all die as the walls cave in. Um, and only four servants come to tell Job what has happened. And so it is at this point, now after Job gets the news that his children have died, that Job arrives, it says in verse 20, which these are the three verses I want to look at, Job 20 to 22. It says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. And I feel like this is just an extremely profound passage um, that it just has so many intricacies and things that I wish I possessed in my own life and talking about, you know, going back to a couple weeks ago where I was talking in First Peter about being armed with the mind of Christ and suffering and choosing to live for the will of God over our own will, Job puts that on example here um, before he even, before Christ has even uh, come into the picture, Job's living by the Spirit of the Lord um, and before even the law has been given as Job they believe is dated before uh, Moses and the law, and that this uh, that the story of Job is set in the time frame of the patriarchs Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. So um, here you have a person that is living by the Spirit and is operating in when suffering comes. This is how he reacts by uh, by worshiping. 
and by praising the Lord and having a heavenly perspective. Now, you'll see as we move through Job that um, there is this waning in Job that happens as he struggles with his his faith and if God is good, and which um, understandably with friends calling him out at every corner and telling him he's wrong and with what's happened to him, it'd be very easy to begin looking at experience and saying, where is God in this? But in this moment, he has the right heavenly perspective and his his gaze is not diminished from who his God is. And that's what I want to dwell on today is his first response to the tragedy that's just happened in his life from having everything uh, stripped from him and him being uh, just totally become destitute both in wealth and in his family and the people he loved uh, to his reaction being worship. And I don't know how many of us would, uh, if any one of these things happened to us, would instantly just hit our knees, which is what this word worship means um, here in the Hebrew. It actually is to bow down, to to prostrate yourself before uh, the Lord, before uh, a superior being is one of the definitions. And in this case, that superior being and the only superior being is God himself. And so uh, Job tore his robe, shaved his head. He humbled himself physically as a demonstration of his uh, lowliness and just his recognition of his own uh, weaknesses and he worshiped God. And this is his statement. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what a true statement that we do show up to this earth with nothing, um, bare of any thing that we've produced of ourselves. And when we die, uh, what we do have is stripped away through, the, through our passing that it, we can't take it with us, and it is a nakedness that follow us follows us into uh, eternity, unless we know Christ, and then we have been clothed in righteousness, and we bear the the uh, righteousness of Christ, and we take that with us, and our spirit is has a possession and an inheritance in Jesus, and that is what we can take um, back through this life is uh, our how we've lived spiritually before the Lord, whether we've lived. Um, denying Christ or whether we've lived serving Christ um, and and honoring him with our lives. There is a reward, um, uh, both a reward for good and a reward for bad, depending on where you are in Christ, outside or inside Christ. So anyway, um, but in terms of in terms of the physical, what has been taken away from Job, he will return naked. And that's a perspective there that we should have that... Um, God has given of his abundance, and he has the ability to take away as he sees fit. And often, um, as Christians, we know that God doesn't take something from our lives unless there's an abundance that he is desiring to add someplace else. Maybe it's not in the same way of what he took away, like if I had a million dollars and he just decided to have somebody steal a million dollars out of my bank account, um, Maybe he won't return that million dollars to me in a million dollars, but I might reap a different reward through being faithful in another way if I endure that suffering with with a gracious heart and with a heart of humbleness and worship before the Lord as Job's done here. Um, 
So the the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, which is something we've heard. Um, I think in you know uh, in the typical movie that talks about uh, death, there is a there is a Lord has given life and the Lord takes away life, and we don't really understand that um, why or how or when. And I think we've all seen a movie scene like that. Um, so, but it is a true fact that God does give us good gifts and he can take away those gifts. And that should be our perspective that there is nothing that has been given that is truly ours outside of Jesus. Jesus is ours and that cannot be stripped away or taken from us. That is what we have to cling to. It's our sole hope, which is what is being demonstrated through the life of Job here that um, as we progressed, everything is stripped from his life. And soon to be here in chapter two, uh, there is a second reunion between Satan and, and God where they, where God once again presents Job, even after all this has happened, says he is still blameless. He's still living in his integrity, even though you have uh, stirred me up against him and I have taken away what I have given. And Satan goes, oh, well, that's all well and good, but you didn't let me touch his body. And if I touch his skin and his flesh and his bone, then he will surely curse you. Um, but in this last passage, Job's reaction is a blessing of the Lord that he recognizes that God is sovereign, that God has control over his life. And God has been very gracious to him in his life up until now where, and I say up until now, God is gracious all the time, whether or not we have much or little. But there was he lived in wealth and had great renown, and that's been taken away, and he can recognize that, and he's still the same person before the Lord. He's still a man who's living for God. And um, and verse 22, the writer recognized this. Um, after all this had happened to Job, it says, and all this, Job did not sin nor char- charge God with wrong. His heart and the words of his mouth and his mind were pure and upright um, in the Lord. And there was not a curse or a negative thought against the Lord, but rather one of worship and of blessing. Even in his uh, terrible grief and sadness and um, what other uh, words can describe the... Um, horrific nature that happened to him in this process and the events of uh, catastrophe that fell in his life. But his mind was fixed upon the Lord and then he did not stray from uh, that righteousness that he knew um, that he had lived in his entire life. And he still fixed his and kept firm that the Lord was his possession. And that is where, um, that is where his focus was in worship and in blessing. And that is the focus we need to have. And it's the focus of the mind of Christ in suffering too, that the Lord is the object. Um, I, I don't like using the word object to describe the Lord, but he is the possession that we are to strive after and to fix our gaze upon that God is our inheritance. Um, even if everything's been stripped away and we have absolutely nothing, um, if we have God, then we have everything we need. And so, um, this mind of Christ is in Job here. So, I've already gone longer than I wanted to, but, um, and I think I'm going to jump around back and forth as I keep, uh, 
as I keep reading, there's more that in this first chapter that keeps getting drug out. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. And so I'm sure there'll be some flop, flip-flopping back and forth as I go deeper. And I want to look more into these words. Um, but, and still move forward through the actual story. So thank you all for listening. I hope it was encouraging to, for you. Um, and that there's an understanding that happens with the suffering and that um, there's a learning. I know just as I've been learning over this last week, it's been pretty uh, amazing and also feels overwhelming just how much I don't really know about the story of Job. And there's a lot of mystery surrounding it, a lot of um, philosophical debate um, and controversy. Um, and it actually takes a pretty discerning mind to read through the friends and what they have to say and where... Uh, what can we draw from them that is uh, that is true and accurate, um, and what is what is it saying more about accusing somebody? And um, so, I'm looking forward to getting into that. But it is a big uh, thing to look at tackling. So I'm just trusting that the Spirit will lead, and I hope He's leading in your uh, minds and hearts as well as you grow in Him. So. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you will join me next week as we continue this series in Considering Job. Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so that the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.